What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Seats to Streets YouTube channel. I am your most awesome, better-looking, better-bearded host, J.R. Horn, and that guy over there, I kind of pay to be around. Uh, Brian Gorman. You know, not really. I don't really what? pay him. You know, that's always been our joke. He pays me to be his friend, and I, you know, go visit him every once in a while. But Fair enough. Brian, last, uh, was it two weeks? Uh, last week, I got to try the Brontosaurus ribs. Uh, you, I, 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 we were in Wisconsin and I uh, got to hang out with Brian and he made me his famous brontosaurus ribs. If you haven't seen the episode where we went back to, uh, one of the episodes, I'll link it down below of what's Brian smoking, uh, smoking meats, by the way, speaking to the microphone, uh, meats. Brian made some killer beef ribs. It was so good. So good. How you doing, buddy? I miss, uh, I miss being up there. I'm, I'm good. I, I made some, I actually made like the same menu the next weekend um, and made that uh, the pork shoulder and mm -hmm. the um, uh, and the beef ribs. Mm. And man, I, I, I really, I, the pork shoulder I improved on. I felt like I really got that one so much better with a little, a couple of adjustments. So that was, that was really good. And then here in about a month, I've already got a sort of a standing order from a guy where I've got to do a brisket, beef ribs, and um uh, uh, Pork, uh, not pork, uh, 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 lamb, rack of, a rack of lamb. Yeah, that'll be, uh, so we're going to do a big, uh, big get together. So that'll all be, that's going to be a lot of food to, to process right there. But standing order. That's not, yeah, it's kind of like he's, he's already said the guy who wants to put this little party together is like, these are the things I'm getting. I'll be buying you these things so you can make these things. Lit little party. Little party little for what? Party. 10 giants that are going to eat all this food? Yeah, well, right. My one goodness. giant and a lot of other people, I think, is kind of the, the premise of it. But either way, it'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. So I got that. To, I got that to look forward to. And I, uh, other than that, my, I'm trying to deal with like new, new, new scenery here. I as know. I'm trying to get computer stuff to work. It's 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 it's, it's kind of nice to be mobile and uh, run around and work wherever you would like. But uh, yeah, not in that not area in this of the case. house or this area of the house. But yeah, right. So my neighbor walked over the other day. And he said, uh, he's like, hey, are we going to do Friendsgiving this year? I said, yeah, we're going to do Friendsgiving this year. Uh, it's a time where we just have all the neighbors let them know, hey, we're going to do a cookout uh, around Thanksgiving. And it's a Friendsgiving time. We all come over. And, you know, if you've never done a Friendsgiving, it's like Thanksgiving with just your friends. Um, so all the kids run around and play. And we always do some non-traditional meal uh, because I think I counted up the other day. We've got three uh, traditional Thanksgiving meals to go to. So that's three turkeys, you know, and yeah. I, I don't know about you guys that are watching folks. Uh, I, I only eat turkey once a year. Um, it's good, but no, it's like not. I'm good once a year. I'm done. So, yeah. but we deep, we, we deep fry our turkey. So that's, that's the only way I, I prefer to eat it. Deep yeah. fried goodness. But the neighbor walks over and says, Hey, I've got, I've got the meat for this year, but we've, but we've got to do it for friends giving it's going to go bad if we don't i'm like well my goodness what do you have he's like i i've got a wagyu beef brisket oh. <laughs> okay i've been able to okay. do angus, black angus but i've not done wagyu wow he's he's got a wagyu beef brisket and so i guess you know, my plans of making my ugly drum smoker just sped up because I was going to wait till I got back up there in January and make that a project for the no, three amigos. No, you nope. need one. Need one now. And uh, so I will be 
I will be starting this weekend to compile the project, pile the parts and wow. start to make it so I can be proficient enough by November to have a uh, Wagyu beef brisket. So that'd be awesome. I know you've already walked me through how to trim one once. I'm going to have to trim it. We're going to, yeah, you're going to walk me through it again because I can't mess that up. Well, I'll be doing like that one I'll be doing will be uh, two weeks before that. So we'll just, we'll just FaceTime in together. You can watch, we'll, we'll walk through the process. Sure. The, the, no, the, you can't afford to mess that one up. I can't afford to mess it up. But man. So by the way. All right. Well, I'm glad we're back talking about culture because I've had enough running around and uh, we haven't recorded, man. We haven't recorded in what, two and a half weeks? This has man, been forever been since you and I've been on here. On the last couple of weeks. I put 2,000 miles on my car in nine days. So, man, I'm just excited to get back into the rhythm and talk about culture. Now, Brian, last week we talked about the identifying the four things of what it is if we want to change the culture of our organization or change the culture of our church, that there are four specific things that we have to keep on our mind, that we have to learn about, uh, that we have to keep aware of, too, in order to change the culture of our church. It's, it's, it's the language we use, the behaviors uh, of, of our of, of, of ourselves, our staff, our church, the systems that we have in place, how are we moving people through a pipeline or systems and the values that we have in place that drive all that. So we identified that last week, Brian. We, now we got to do something with it. So yeah. what are we doing with those four today? What we really need to focus on first is a lot of, it's very easy to focus on specific language and behaviors and systems, which some people really find a great joy in the the concern is that if you're focusing on your behaviors your language your systems is you begin to believe that culture is systematic right that you can just sort of force it with good systems and that's not really true mm -hmm. it's actually the values component that is so key because mm -hmm. the values create this the, the uh, root work the stem work for everything else and so while language can be systematic, I can tell you what words to use and not words, not use. I can tell you behaviors. This is how you're going to act. Uh, I, I, we can talk about specific systems and how they're going to play out. But if you can understand that your values are systemic, mm -hmm. meaning that they are the stem, everything else comes out of, you can really begin to get a grasp on your culture. And the mm -hmm. reason why some people struggle within their cultures is because they keep trying to change the systems, but they didn't change the systemic values. Your language will flow out of that. Mm -hmm. Your behaviors will flow out of that. Your systems will begin to flow out of that. And there'll be things that you don't do, things you do behave in. All these things will go aligned with your values. So what we have to do First, before we do anything else, if we really want to get a grasp on our culture is we really need to understand our culture so that we can understand if things need to change. Mm -hmm. And if they do need to change, what are the parts of our culture that are, are going to make that a challenge? How do we move forward with it? So what we want to focus on today specifically is we want to be able to help you by the end of our time here, be able to have a list of five to 10 um, cultural value words mm -hmm. or phrases that you and your leadership team, you and your elders, you and your board, you and your staff can sit there and go, oh yeah, that's right. Right. That's who we, that's who we are. Right. And so that's really what we want to focus on today. Brian, you bring up this idea of systemic or systematic and, and, and to some that can be just 
cringe-worthy words. Like I, 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 I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with that, right? Um, but it, Pastor, hear hear me about this. Let's 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 kind of let's let's play this out with some of the common you know, issues that you may have. So, I'm assuming right now I'm talking to a pastor who has other staff underneath of them, and you've got uh, an issue with your staff and or key volunteers. Uh, uh, becoming late, coming in late to a meeting on a regular basis, right? Uh, hey, it's it's staff meeting. We have we only have this one meeting once a week. Why? How hard is it to get there on time? I mean, you've you've sat there spinning around in your office chair, pulling at your hair, probably on the sides because you've blown off the hair on the top. I'm I'm getting there. They're starting to race back now, so that's a little bit depressing. But you're 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 so frustrated. Why is this so hard? Right. You've said that phrase. I, I know you have. I've said that phrase. Brian, you've said that phrase, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is this so hard? And so when you think, well, oh, I will put in a, a, a system of a nine o'clock standing meeting so I can make sure all of my staff are here at the office hours. Well, that's easy. That's done. I'll just, I'll just do that. That's that a only works. systematic change. If the culture is to be that's on not time. a system systemic change because what you'll find out is is that if it's not who you are deep inside the culture of your church your staff is still going to show up five minutes late with a starbucks mug in their hand right so i admit i'm much more a systematic mind Mm -hmm. and yet especially for you who who just want to you're leading a team and you just want to care for your team you've got a you're in a um a smaller setting where you're the only one on staff or you're the you're the pastor who's just a pastor's pastor, right? You're mm-hmm. the, you just want to love your people. Your family functions on systemic values. Mm-hmm. So what you're really creating here are the systemic values for your church family. This will really allow you to be even more of the pastor in this setting, more of the shepherd, because you're helping them um, really be able to grow in a healthy way. And when I say grow, I don't mean like your church is going to explode with numbers with this. What I mean is you're going to see life transformation because your people will be in alignment with mm-hmm. each other. I've mm-hmm. had a lot of conversations over the last week about what does church health look like, right? And in my mind, some things that define church health are, are like I enjoy going to our elders meetings. Our elders enjoy going to the elders meetings and we leave feeling like we did something. Um, like it was worth being there, that I enjoy being with my staff, that that uh, we enjoy working together, we, we celebrate victory. Like there, there's a, a joy because we're all kind of on the same page. That's this key factor. So that's what I wanna walk you through. And, and here, so I want you to see it's very familial in having these systemic values, but to get to them, here's the part where we're gonna lose people. You do have to have some meetings. Shh, ah, sensor oh, button. What? Ah, which one do I have to hit? Using bad words. Ah. Oh. Uh, and and the reason why you have to have meetings. This is not something. If you're the kind of introvert who likes to go, or you're the the high level thinker and like to go to your office and map everything out, you can do it, but you're going to struggle here because the cultural values are impacted by the cultural people. Mm-hmm. So all the people you have matter. So I would recommend that in some of your regularly scheduled meetings, 
Um, within our world, my staff has a regularly scheduled meeting. My elders have a regularly scheduled mm -hmm. meeting. And then I have a leadership development team that I have on the side as well of people who may not be elder material, but they really understand leadership. Mm -hmm. um, and so I work with them as well. And so for me, this these conversations took place within these three settings. But in those meetings, you want to make sure as part of your if you're following our meeting uh, process, right, in your in your headlines that for you to be able to create an issue around this. Um, and it's okay that people don't have a lot of time with this one. This isn't one they need a lot of warning for because they'll overthink it. Ultimately, what you want to ask are um, a series of really two questions. You could ask a third, but I'll show you the two questions you want to ask during this time of the meeting. The first question is, what are some words or phrases we use all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things you hear? And I don't mean like always just the big church phrases. What are some phrases we use around here? And, and the reason you want to do that is it will help you understand the language that plays into your culture. Mm -hmm. um, and as people start throwing these phrases out, you write them down, write them on a board. It's always great to have a visual meeting where they can see it, but you're going to want to make sure you keep track of these later, write all of them out over and over and over one after the next, no matter how many people come up with, they may come up with 20 or 30 phrases. Um, I actually had a staff person do this for me a few uh, months ago where they came in and just said, Hey, have you ever noticed all the phrases Brian uses? And they copied all of that. Um, to be able to say, oh, look at what you use. And, and then we start looking at it as a staff. So finding those languages, finding those words, finding those phrases, yep. that's the first thing you want to do. Second thing you want to do is what are some consistent behaviors mm -hmm. that we see? And just ask them, hey, what are some behaviors that we see? And you can prime them a little bit in this, right? Are we always on time? Are we right. always late? Do we always finish what we start? Do we procrastinate? Are, are we the, um, are we high numbers people, right? What are some of the behaviors are, you know, do we have volunteers begging to serve or mm -hmm. are we always understaffed? You can set those out and really just let them kind of define some of those behaviors. But what you want to do, this is where you're going to push back a little bit in the meeting. And what you're going to do is try to make sure they don't give you a big, massive, long, like paragraph. What's the behavior, right? We are timely. Yeah. So the way you can do that, this is just a little trick for any meeting. This isn't just for this meeting. Uh, I think we've talked about it before. There's a process called mirroring. Mm -hmm. And in mirroring, if someone gives you the big, long paragraph and you saw within that paragraph, there's a couple of words that are pretty key. Just repeat that word back with a question mark at the end of it and sit there in silence for a second. And what you're making them do is define that word by defining it. What they're really doing is concentrating it and concentrating it, concentrating it till you get to a one, two, three word phrase. Mm -hmm. Now you have your language and your behaviors, right? You can do this with systems as well, but you'll find your systems may or may not align. Your behaviors are natural outpourings from your stem. Your language are natural outpourings from your stem. Mm -hmm. um, do your people invite others to church? Are you an inviting church? Are you a welcoming church? Are you a friendly church? Now, that's part one. And then I'm gonna give you part two in a second. So, so JR, what are you thinking when I'm laying out this? What do you, what do you think people are hearing when I'm laying out this idea of building this big, long list? Ah, paperwork. Why do we got to do more paperwork? My goodness. Why can't we just, uh, can we just go love on, love on people like Jesus did? Yeah. Uh, but here's the key thing that when it comes to, uh, 
creating this list of language and behaviors. The key thing is if you don't understand your surroundings, so think about it. If we're dropped into a place and we don't understand our surroundings as far as also in, in the church world, why is this happening? Go back to your meeting. Go back to your, why is my staff late? Why can't we get into the meeting on time? Why are we text? Why are we uh, uh, getting getting a text message on our phone, smirking, and then walking out of our staff meeting? Like, wait, why? Why are we here? Like, if you've been dropped in a in a location you've never been before, you're going to stop and survey the surroundings. You're going to survey what's around. You're going to be a student of the landscape. And everything about these two uh, processes of 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 learning, of documenting your language, and documenting your your behaviors, is just being a student of the landscape. I don't know how to help you unless I understand more. I mean, that's been, I've said that phrase to individuals when I, when they've come to me for counseling, help me to understand more so I yeah. can be able to help you. Well, that's what you're doing. You're understanding the behaviors of your staff and you're understanding the, the, the verbiage of your staff. You're becoming a student and sitting back and going, well, what do we say? So, uh, yeah. So case in point, here's one of the staff that, at, at the church that we go to consistently, whenever you ask for something or they check in on you, they end, they end the, the conversation with, I got you. Simple, easy, but it's not just, uh, hey, thanks for the conversation. I, I understand what you need me to do and leave. No, I got you says, we're in this. I got your back. I got yeah. you. What you've asked me to do. I'm going to do it. And if we don't take the time to be the student, to document and write all these things down as you see them, as you become aware of them, we, we can't progress and we can't continue to build a better culture that makes disciples who makes disciples on our staff and in our church. So we have right. to be that student. And as you allude to, you won't, you won't know where you are. I mean, I love that idea of just if you find yourself dropped in a location. At different times, you know, we've all found ourselves in a part of our town or a part of our city that, like, I didn't even know this street existed. Like, but yeah, the moment a you detour? see a key landmark, mm -hmm. I oh, got it. I know where we are. And that's what this will do is give you that, that key uh, landmark. So you want to build this thing out. And then once you have that built out, um, a valuable question to ask, maybe in this meeting, maybe in another one, because this does take about a month to really go through, is um, why do we say that? Why mm -hmm. do we do that? Um, what, what are we trying to convey? Mm -hmm. And what that will help you ultimately do, the, the, the real thing we're trying to do is the same thing we talk about in a lot of settings is keep, kill, combine. Mm -hmm. Trying to take this big list and chop it down uh, by keeping some things, killing some things, and combining some things. So we want to ask why, and you want to ask how. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by that, simple question is, why do we do this, and how can you show me for real that we do it? That's a big I've one. seen a lot of churches say, oh, you know, we are. We want to seek and save the lost. Okay, can you show me the last lost person you sought and saved? Mm -hmm. Like, how... How did you specifically do that? What systems, see, this is where you bring the systems into it. What systems are in place to show that you're really doing that? We are a welcoming church. Okay, what systems are in place? How are you going about actually doing that? So if you understand the, you know, why do we do this? Well, because why do we say this phrase? And 
and how do we live that phrase out? Mm -hmm. You'll begin to really immediately that that is putting the the uh, the liquid on high heat. Mm -hmm. You are going to start concentrating fast because you'll start getting to some of the key phrases and keywords that describe the that that how that that why that what like the really defined aspects of it. And so from there, you'll start to boil it down to uh, this smaller list. Um, but it's really important that you focus on what you actually do, mm -hmm. not what you wish you did. So right. it's actual versus aspirational. A couple of weeks ago, they led a song to kind of start our service. And in our church, we tend to do one song and then I teach and then we do other songs after. And the song that we did was this song about there's joy in the house of the Lord today. And I admit I'm there on that day and I was not joyful. Mm -hmm. I was in a really bad place from a, from a, a tough loss. And, um, and I'm sitting there like reading the lyrics of the song, kind of singing along. And at first I'm singing along cause you're, you're singing along. Right. And then I start noticing the words. I'm like, Ooh, I don't feel that way at all today. But what it reminded me is no, 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 but I want to. Right. And so it's aspirational, but, Here's the reality of that. Aspirational is great, but you're not, if you're not doing it, it doesn't matter. Culture is about who you really are. Right. What's really the stem? The flower doesn't claim to be a tree, mm -hmm. right? Wrong stem. And so you've got to figure out who you really are. And that may become a real point of tension and frustration in these meetings. I want to warn you about that because who one person wants your organization to be and who the organization actually is may right. not be the same thing. And you can see how that's going to create natural conflict as you begin to work through, well, who are we right. really? Right. That's your culture. So this is why we want to tell you to document who you really are. This, this, this actual snapshot of who we are, of what words do we use, the behaviors that we have. We don't want you to have the aspirational yet because you have to have a full understanding of who you are to even know how you're going to turn the wheel to go in a different direction mm -hmm. so we don't want you to write down we don't want you to document the aspiration or who we want to be or this vision statement we want you to take the time to fully understand what is going on the the words the behaviors, the why we use those words and behaviors and, 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 and how we're using those words and behaviors. What does that look like that we're communicating? It might even be a painful moment when you have to write down some negative words and negative values because that's actually who you are. Right. But you can't turn the rudder, turn the steering wheel on this giant ship unless you understand the heading that you're going currently. And then... On the next episode, we'll give you more information on to now what do we do to turn that rudder. But now we, we just want you to focus on being the student, writing down your list. Yes, a written documented list could be on your phone, could be on a piece of paper, could be on your computer. Go back at an episode ago, listen to our tech stack and maybe even use some of those uh, ways of communicating and, and, and list making so you don't have anything fall through the cracks. Yep. But we just want you to be the student right now and write everything down, even if it's painful that you put something on there that's, that is a negative because that's going to show you why you're taking the time to do all of this to positively impact the culture. And, and, and yeah. Brian, I, correct me if I'm wrong, like this entire process that we've talked about today can probably 
take place in 30 days, 45 days. Because yeah, I, the I culture, once you open your yeah. eyes, you're going to see it, right? Yeah, I tend to find it's one, ultimately it's going to be about two meetings, one to build the big list, and the second one you're going to kind of come back to them and go, let's talk about the why, the how, and see if now that I've got this list a little more condensed, is this still true? Mm-hmm. So like ours went from a list of around, when, when we worked through this the first time, it was a list of probably around 30 words, very quickly got down to around 20, I got it down to around 12 to 13 and then walked back into another meeting after I kind of cut it to the 12 or 13 mm-hmm. based on what they had all shared. And I was making marks and then I'm like, Hey, let's look at it again. Mm-hmm. Is this actual? And then you can kind of, you'll, the goal is to get to five to 10. Don't worry about these all being perfect yet. You'll find some of them are repetitive. Some of them are, uh, I was about to say some are repetitive and some are redundant. Uh, <laughs> Just like but that. you're gonna find these. You're gonna find some of that. Some of them you're gonna not like. Some of them you're gonna sit there and go, I just don't know if that's true or not. Um, there were some that people kept saying and pushing me to move toward that I'm like, I don't even want it there. Right. But they could show me systems. They could mm-hmm. show me behaviors. They could show me language that validated those were there. But you have that list of five to ten, maybe twelve. You're gonna find that you begin and your staff begins and your leadership begins to really see aspects of your culture mm-hmm. that you didn't recognize before. You've heard us talk about you don't ask a you know a fish about the water kind of thing. Um, that you're gonna to start to see things you didn't realize. You'll you get to see things that you hadn't seen before, and you're gonna find all your people will begin to talk yep. about it. And that when all your people are talking about it, hey leaders. Man, that's a win. Win. Because that means we're all working together. You're you're on it then. But I mean, think about it this way, Brian. How many times have you uh, wanted or thought about buying a specific car? You're like, oh man, I never see those. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you see them. So I I've I've got a I've got a white Volkswagen Jetta. Um, I, I think it's cool. I like it. It's fun. It's a it's a stick shift diesel. It's a turbo. I, it's awesome. I, I don't see any white Jettas. Uh, 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 turbo powered diesel shifter things. I, I'm gonna get one of those because I don't see them. You know what I found out when I got the car, Brian? There's the exact same car four doors down from me that I wasn't even aware of. But it wasn't until I was started <laughs> to look. It wasn't until we started to look at what our values are. Or, or what our language is and, and our behaviors. And t- yeah. it, it, until we start to look and pay attention, we won't see them. We won't notice yeah. them. But once you get the white Jetta, you'll realize there's one four doors down from you and it's easy to spot from here on out. Yeah. That's Not why we you. want you to take the time you, to do this. Your elders, your leadership, your board, your staff, they'll all begin to see things they hadn't seen before. And it can really help you go, oh, Oh, I hadn't recognized that in myself. I had, I hadn't recognized these components. I, I, I'm going to give you one warning before we leave today, and the warning is this: when you start doing hard things, you will find clarity. Mm-hmm. The downside to clarity is uh, some people like the waters to be muddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may find through this process that somebody doesn't fit. You may find a staff that doesn't fit, an elder that doesn't fit. You may not fit as you begin to go through this. You may end up losing someone from a leadership team. You may end up losing someone from a staff. You may see through this process that you're out of alignment with the values of the church Mm -hmm. Um, because you're here to shepherd this family. But if the family doesn't want to, to go at all where you're shepherding them, 
it might not be because they don't believe what you believe. They don't value what you value. Mm -hmm. Um, You can change that, but it'll take about five years to a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so I just want to give you that warning. Don't be surprised if there's a little bit of, I make it sound pretty easy, but don't be surprised if there's a little bit of conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you start to find that what you value and what you're actually doing aren't lining up, that creates tension. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll be able to help you with that in the future, but I, we, I, I just feel like we, I can't give you this without also letting you know, hey, the potential side effects of this surgeon general's warning on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it will be so beautiful when you're done, and yeah. you find that all of your people are like, oh, that's right, that's mm-hmm. who we are, that's how we live this out, that's how we drive forward, and we function well together. You will find health, and. In most churches that I've ever seen and ever been with, man, health is the ultimate dream. Mm-hmm. Growth, look, lots of things grow. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're called cancer. Yeah, but health is is long sustaining and beautiful to just be a part of, and that's what we want to help you have within your mission teams, within your benevolent and your compassion organizations, mm-hmm. within your church, within your leadership, within your staff is this sense of health. Health is beautiful when it's done right right because the stem is strong. Yep. hundred percent. All right, folks. Um, we're going to let you, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to turn off the water from the fire hose here and, uh, call this an episode because this is, this is is some heavy stuff. And when you think about, Oh, I mean, there's things going on around me that I didn't know about that could be detrimental or it could be extremely positive. Yeah. Uh, and that's all about our culture. It's all about changing and turning the wheel on that big cargo ship with a little tiny rudder, slow changes. And a part of that is understanding where you're going so you know how and where you can change. So we hope this was impactful for you. If you would like more Seats the Streets content, you can interact with us online at SeatsTheStreets.com. Or you can even send me a direct email. It's down in the, in, in the description below. It's jr at SeatsTheStreets.com. If you would like more information about what it looks like for your church specifically to start this process of identifying and documenting what your behaviors and your language and learning about this culture tailored specifically for your church, we would love to help you with that as well. You can interact with us online if you go to SeatsTheStreets.com and in the upper left-hand corner, click the Let's Connect tab. Fill out the quick dialogue box. It shoots me an alert and I can get back with you to say, hey, what's up? How can we help you move your people from Sunday morning seats to local and global streets? So for this episode, we're out. See you next time. Later.